Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 382 for Tuesday, the 13th of January, 2015. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Kelsey Jensen. Tonight, we're going to, first and foremost, we're going to tackle that mailbag. We've been falling behind on your viewer questions. We want to get those out the gate. You ready for it? Oh, yeah. You got a full inbox. You're ready to rock that. Uh, Then if we've got time later on in the show, uh, we've been getting a great response to our series about uh, beginner to intermediate PHP. So tonight we're going to be tackling a little thing that is going to allow us to import a WordPress blog's blog entries into our own website and create a list. We're going to learn all about how to get data from another website and put it into a PHP array. Cool stuff. So stick around. Over to the newsroom. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Robbie. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. One of the smartest ideas out of CES this year is a 9-volt battery that converts any old dumb smart or smoke alarm into a smart alarm. Toyota wants to push hydrogen fuel cell technology by collaborating, so they're opening up their patent portfolio to anyone who wants it. A baby's cries may no longer be a parent's first clue that something is wrong. Bluetooth and wireless-equipped pacifiers, patches, and bottles are lining up for the job. A computer has been created in Canada specifically to become the ultimate poker player. And the Earth's rotation has slowed down ever so slightly, enough that an extra second must be added to the clock later this year. Find out how that could affect computer systems coming up. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Kid and your host, Robbie Ferguson. of banter in the chat room about baby pacifiers powered by Bluetooth, and so (laughs) it begins. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Robbie. And I'm Kelsey. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. We've got an exciting show planned for you tonight, and nice to see so many people in the chat room. Can we say hey to a couple of people there? Yes. Uh, Certainly. Nice to see Joe in New Hampshire. Uh, He's flooding the main geek. 75, Maine as in Maine, the, the place. Or, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Strager, I noticed, is back in the chat room. Yes. Nice to see you. Yeah. Uh, I guess you got some time to be here and watch a live show. Mm-hmm. Great to see you. And uh, nice to see everybody. Chat room is filling up. If you're not already in the chat room, Category 5 on Freenote is where you'll find us, but uh, also on our website, Category5.tv. Go to Interact and you'll see the chat option, the chat room there and find out how you can get in. We've got a uh, 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 web-based system, so you don't even need any special programming uh, or any special program installed on your computer. Stryker says it's been uh, over a year since they've been here for a live show. So thanks for coming back. Uh, You know, sometimes we wonder, you know, whatever happened to these people? And uh, it's it's wonderful to see you again. So welcome back to the chat room. Uh, Nice to see 
everybody who's here, but Strager, good to see you again. Yep. And of course, Category Five TV is a member of the Tech Broadcast Net Podcast Network. Sorry, if it's tech, it's here. Cat Five TV slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat Five TV slash IAIB. <coughs> All right. I want to mention real quick, thank you everybody for watching our shows. Uh, Category 5 Technology TV, of course, is our flagship show and will remain as such. But uh, we've been seeing some really exciting things happen, haven't we, Sasha? We she's sure she's smiling have. over there. Let's see if I can get your we've camera. <laughs> <laughs> we've been working really hard on a couple new shows. So I have my new show, Try It, Buy It, that's coming soon. Lots of awesome work being done by Robbie on that one. And Robbie has a new show. Why don't you tell everybody yeah, about your... Well, it's kind of... We call it a show because it's available on the Category 5 TV network. If you've got a, us on your Roku, uh, make sure you, you do you add us if you haven't already. Cat5.tv slash Roku channel. But it's simply... It's called Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada. And I've got four episodes there. But really, I mean, it's it's there's no talk. There's no uh, silly music. You don't hear me playing a pan flute amateurly or anything <laughs> like that. It's strictly just the, the nature sounds that I hear and uh, and record for you. So that's that. But we've got almost a thousand uh, views on that channel so far, and it just Pretty launched good. last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Speaking of numbers, somebody's show, the Category 5.TV Newsroom, uh, surpassed 250,000 views <laughs> just this past week. Congratulations. Thank you, everyone who's been watching. Yeah, and thanks for subscribing as well. If you want to uh, podcatch us, uh, if you want to aggregate the show, go to rss.cat5.tv for the links or just head on over to category5.tv and uh, watch the show. You'll see the RSS feeds and, uh, and links there for all of our programming uh, that's available through those mediums, and you'll be able to subscribe. So, Cool. Thanks, everybody. Are you ready to just jump right into it? Yes. I, I kind of want to because the past couple weeks, as I've said on the show, we really try to get to your questions. And so this week I just said, you know what? Forget it. We'll get to the feature if we have time. That's the way we're going to play that this week? Questions first. Questions first. But I will remind you before we get into it, m.cat5.tv. If you've got a mobile device, scan the code. Uh, or you can just visit m.cat5.tv on that device. And that gives you our uh, mobile compatible uh, web show so you can catch the show uh, on demand or live as well. Yes. All right. Yeah. No Zamfir, no Zamfir, Agamotto <laughs> says. You know what drives me nuts is you get these nature CDs and stuff, and you, you think, oh, this is going to be great. It's like wolves howling. And then you get someone just playing note, note. And it's not really music. It's just it's kind of silly, kind of. Some, that's why I say <laughs> some amateur-ish. playing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, check out no. nature.category5.tv if you haven't already. I forgot to mention the URL. That's kind of important. Yes. Nature.category5.tv, <laughs> and you'll see the episodes that are available for you there. All right. So our first question comes from Orange Man. Orange Man. Orange Man. And we're going to get, we're, we're seriously going to get through all these, all right? All right. Sound good? All yeah. Right. I'm just doing that for Adam just to see how quickly he can zoom in. <laughs> okay. Um, he says... He has had a Roku box for some time. When he watches Category 5 on Tuesday night, it is impossible to watch because every two minutes it stops and starts to buffer. It makes it unsuitable to watch, obviously. Come on now. 
The Roku box is connected to the internet via a long wire cable from the router, and this goes to, into a network switch. One of the connections of this, to the switch goes to the Roku box, and a couple other, of other connections from the switch goes to the TV network boxes. And another connection from, the net, from this switch goes to the internet until that sends the internet via the main supplier and is picked up in another room. Uh, I discovered that when it is buffering, if I go on the computer, it is watchable, and I normally end up watching the show on the computer because of the buffering. Can you explain to me why the internet is coming from one source via a cable, works on the computer okay, but the Roku box struggles to display the show? Is there any settings on the Roku box that I could change? Oh, okay. We're stuttering there again. Uh, was the Roku plugged in, or was it a wireless, wireless one? Uh, is it a Roku 3, in. does he mention? He hasn't mentioned the, uh, the model. Okay. He's, uh, I do believe he says it is connected to the Roku internet. Roku box via is connected to the internet. Yeah. The wire. Oh could, oh, could this be an older Roku, then? Is that possible? Because uh, the, the current generation of Roku are much, much, much faster, much more reliable than the older ones. The old ones were pretty good, too, but they were kind of bleeding edge, mm-hmm. right? So the new, the new ones, like the, they call it the Roku 1, 2, and 3, and then the Roku Stick. Uh, those are, if you go to cat5.tv slash Roku, R-O-K-U, um, thanks, Jot. In the chat room, posting the link for us. Uh, if you go to that, you'll see the current line of Roku devices. And, and what I would really want to know, Orange Man, is is your device current or is it an older one? And if it's older, then I would uh, I would check things. For example, double check that um, you have uh, the latest software installed on the Roku. Mm-hmm. So um, check for updates. Make sure that it's up to date. Um, check the cable that you're using to run the uh, the internet connection. I'd be curious if you could take the laptop and plug it into that same cable and see if it if it has any buffering issues. Be interesting to know. But uh, essentially, hmm. Um, Robbie, Whiskey yeah. Zero says that he's having the same problem. Having the same problem on a Roku. Whiskey Zero, what kind of Roku? Thank you for uh, joining us in the chat room there, Whiskey Zero. What... Uh, what kind of Roku are you using? And, oh, another thing. Is it live or is it during, uh, is it on demand as well? Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's key. We'll just kind of yeah. do this and wait for Whiskey Zero to respond to us because they'll know. Um, the other thing, when you're on demand, um, your Roku device will detect what setting you have your uh, TV output set to. If mm-hmm. it's set to 1080p, for example, it's going to try to get the full resolution file. So if you instead set your Roku to 720p, it will actually tell our servers that you're using a 720p device and it will send you a smaller file. So that can work too. Yeah. On, pardon me, on my CRT uh, at home, and we actually have a 32-inch, um, so rather small um, LCD or LED TV. Um, and so we have it set to 480p because it looks great at 32 inches. I don't need to go 720p at that size. And it saves us a lot of bandwidth both when it, when watching shows online, so we're not paying for as much bandwidth to watch the shows, but also it just makes sure that the streaming is a lot more consistent. Uh, Whiskey mm-hmm. Zero has, has Yeah, he, he did. He said uh, his uh, Roku device is only about a year old. Okay, so it's reasonably new then. Definitely could be the, the later series. But are you watching – is this when you're watching live or is it when you are um, – or is it when you're watching on demand? 
Orange Man says that uh, his is a Roku 2 as well. Just got a private message there. Try to keep it in the, uh, in the main chat room there, Orange Man, just in case uh, I don't catch your private message. Said that there's problems. On, de- on demand is fine. The problem is with live streaming only. Oh. Oh. Okay. So see, see the difference. So if on demand is fine, that means your your system is able to keep up with the video coming off of our servers just fine. Uh, but live streaming is a whole different technology. It's pulling from different servers. It's pulling a different type of video, and there there are going to be latency issues in live video that you're not going to have with on demand. With on demand, for example. Uh, when you click on a video on demand, so you're watching, say, season seven episodes or season eight episodes uh, that are back episodes, you're going to be able to, uh, well, what your Roku is going to do is it's going to download, say, five seconds of it and then start playing. And so it's always five seconds ahead. And if right. and so it has that buffer is what it's called. So if, if it starts to lag, if your Internet is slow for a moment or something, it has up to five seconds before it will actually buffer on your screen because it's constantly downloading future video well with live there is no future video it's happening right now mentions in the in the chat room that live will never work well on something like heroku not enough gfx hp what does that mean graphics horsepower <laughs> <laughs> i should have made something up <laughs> gizmo Freudian xylophone Hewlett Packard. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's more of a buffer issue when it comes to the the way that video is distributed on the internet. So, live, um, unfortunately, you know, there's a fine line for us where we want it we want it to stream really well live. So we crank down the quality a little bit on the live feed so that everybody kind of gets it equally. Because as I was saying, your Roku will tell our servers on demand which video to send you, but when it's live, it's live, and it's not uh, it's it's not going to select different streams. Oh, um, guest 9945 says, live didn't do this until you moved to the new place. Oh. Uh, that could be one of many things. <laughs> At the older place, we did have 120 megs up, which would be really, really nice. So uh, oh, huh. keep thinking about us when you're thinking about where to send some contributions, and we'll upgrade that internet. I don't think it's a latency issue here, though, uh, to be honest, because our internet is pretty good here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be it could be just maybe some some settings in the Roku channel or something. But we'll look into it. I don't think it's necessarily anything that you're doing, Orange Man, because We've got other people in the chat room saying, oh, yeah, I've got that problem, too. And I know that um, sometimes it will buffer during the live show, but it'll play just fine on the on-demand. So, um, so that's something that, uh, that perhaps we can look at with our service provider. Maybe it's something like that. A lot of channels, what you'll see, you know, if you watch Twit or, uh, you know, Twit is a very good example, This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte, uh, where his Roku channel has many different streams that you can choose from so when you go to our channel you choose live and push play so it's the one stream to suit all but if your internet is a little bit slower than the next guy you're going to get that buffering where what leo does is he's got you know massive numbers of streams so he's got one that is specifically for people who are having trouble with the higher quality feed so but then other people can click on the higher quality one if they've got better faster internet service that's something that we don't currently have because of the costs associated with that. And as you can imagine with, you know, the number of viewers that we do have, the costs are, you know, here. And we, we can't really add more feeds to that at this at this time. Maybe one day we could. 
I wish that um, Roku supported live YouTube feeds. Yeah. Because that would be great. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that we had to pull away from YouTube at this time is because we're really thinking about you Roku users and we want to make it as good as possible for you. Uh, and so we'll, we'll work on it. And thanks for letting us know. So that's a bit of a tech kind of, you know, yeah. question for oh, well, what, do, what do we do to make it better? And, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions, let us know. Yeah, and just a question about the Roku. I remember hearing yeah. um, that we were second just behind Twit. Are we still in that position on, on the, like, the Roku standings? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know that Roku has completely changed their algorithms for how Ooh. they determine who is at the top. And it has to do now with how many votes you have. Right. So that's unfair, right? Because Twit has 10 million clicks and votes where we're, we're relatively new. We launched on Roku in April. Yeah. So uh, we were not there out the gate. We're a latecomer to Roku, even though we've been broadcasting through our own services and through YouTube for quite some time. Um, so I think that the algorithms have changed that standing a little bit. Right. But we're still doing quite well. And we have a 4.5 out, uh, out of 5 star rating which we appreciate. Thank you to everyone who's yeah. voted so highly for the show. Um, that does look good on, you know, on the Roku uh, channel store, and uh, that, makes us, uh, that makes us feel good inside. Yeah. Like we're doing something good for the community. So thank you yeah. for that. Thank you, guys. All right. Next question. Thanks, everybody. Is from TOB33. Toby. Toby. Sleet speak. Ooh. We've been through this with, with other co-hosts before, so I figured it out. <laughs> uh, his question is, is, he wants to know how many people often pop up in the Category 5 chat room during the week. You know what? Before we get into Toby's question, I should just say Toby's another one who has not been around for a long time. No. Um, and there are, you know, we, we, we actually miss you when you're gone. I mean, Toby, uh, you know, where you been? Nice to see you. Thanks for sending an email. I haven't heard it yet. I can't wait. <laughs> Good to see you, though, man. He's considering coming up in the chat room again, but he doesn't have a computer anymore. He has a phone, an epic phone, he does admit. And he had to look at the Play Store for an IRC app, but can't decide on which one is best and if there is an app that he can use to watch Cat5 TV. He cannot remember how the show works. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally just, I forget how to work it. I forget how to make it go. I don't All know right. how, to, how to do it anymore. Man, space, Robbie F. We were through that conversation, right, Mastermind? How, okay. How okay. will he get the answer? How will you get the answer? That's a, We're going to have to email back, aren't we? And we're going to have to. Because, yeah. yeah, he is not watching live with no computer and how no do phone I, app. How do I That's get right. in? We're going to have to send you this video yeah so we have your emails we welcome to this video toby welcome. it's nice to see you yeah. i'm sorry that you have forgotten everything that we taught you it's but so sad i'm pleased that you remembered yes us and the show <laughs> he probably has at this point has no idea that we're in studio d that we've got nope. sasha dermatis over in the newsroom that we've got other shows launching we've got kelsey jensen here we've got adam on camera doing a fantastic job and uh yeah, a lot has changed, Toby. Um, so, do I tell? Do I tell? This is this is how you do. Category five TV is the way to find us. 
live.cat5.tv is a great place to go. And the, those of you who are watching this on YouTube, too, uh, you realize that this is a live show every single week. So yes. go to live.cat5.tv. If we're not live at that time, guess what? There's a countdown. <laughs> so you can see when we will be live. So it, it, it works. And then when we're live, you can catch the show right then and there. Join the chat room and communicate with us and interact with us in the chat room. And Sasha, how do you get onto the onto the web chat on your phone? Oh, I downloaded an app called And Chat. And Chat. From the Play Store. Which Toby may or may not hear me say right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll let him know. We'll communicate that over the interwebs. We will find a way. Nice, Toby, it's nice to see you. And uh, nice to see so many people coming back. Uh, familiar faces that have perhaps been away due to work. <clears throat> Pardon me, or school. I see a lot of people that have been away at school. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you again. Yes. Welcome. All right. So this next person is called Inquirer. Hey, Inquirer. Inquirer. He asks, when I kick... Quit- <clears throat> Ah, when I click on <laughs> did he? How did he type that? When I click on play, wanting to watch your show on your website, I get redirected to the address below, and all kind of weird things happen. Is it by design? Is the site on your computer on or on somewhere else? I am going to open that up. Right oh, now. I wouldn't open the, that. The weird yeah. thing, the weird thing that's happening is probably the show. <laughs> <laughs> I get redirected to this crazy bald nerd. It just takes up my whole screen. Uh, all these pretty co-hosts. Zoom in on that. Zoom in on that. <laughs> What's going on? Seriously. Space. <laughs> the final frontier. <laughs> wow. It's shiny, isn't it? Okay, so. I'm going to actually bring up the question because I see on your screen that is a, a deadly looking URL. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So just bear with me here, folks. I'm just transferring the email over to this machine over here. We can do that. We're that we fancy. Yeah. All right. Inquirer. Okay. Just make sure there's no private information on the screen. I like to protect your privacy here. Looks like we're all blocked. So when I click on play to watch the show, it takes me over to this site. Now, okay, first of all, Inquirer, nothing to do with us. Um, so what is happening here? Uh, you've got some kind of a D, uh, DNS redirector or perhaps a host file redirection or perhaps a browser plugin that is intercepting possibly, quite possibly maliciously. Don't go to this link, folks, okay? Uh, quite possibly maliciously taking over your internet traffic. Quite commonly, why companies will do that is for advertising, make money. They will um, take over your internet traffic and redirect you to an advertisement. A good example would be uh, also viruses that will try to protect themselves from getting uninstalled, from getting removed. So, for example, you get one of these viruses that has this technical ability and you try to go to ESET.com to get Nod32 to remove the virus, and it redirects you to a fake ESET site that actually downloads more problems to your computer and things like that. So it's a bit of a mess. How do you know when you've got a hijacker? Well, you've got to already be protected. And, And I can tell just from the fact that you're having this problem that you're probably on Microsoft Windows. Uh, it's pretty unlikely that you're on any other platform just because of the nature of those kinds of intercepts. 
Uh, I'm just going to do a quick Google search for the domain, and this is how we can tell what. Uh, okay, yeah, w- this is something that. So I de- I did a Google search for styling.net. Of course, it comes up, but it says the second do- entry is how to remove styling.net pop-up ads virus removal guide. Next one, remove styling.net pop-up ads malware tips. Next one, how to get rid of styling.net pop-up virus. So. It seems to me as though you've actually gotten yourself infected with some form of a malware or a virus that is not intercepting just Category 5, but a lot of the things that you're going to be doing on the web, you're going to get redirected. It's malicious. Looks like from the Google search that it's uh, pop-up ads. So it may be benign in that it doesn't damage your stuff, but I wouldn't play around with that. So try malwarebytes.org, B-Y-T-E-S, and hope that it gets through. Nice thing about malware bytes is that you can download it from another computer, take it over on a flash uh, flash stick, and install it. Uh, just get the free version to start and uh, and see if that will clean it up for you. So here's hoping, but yeah. that is that's definitely malware, something that's getting into your system. Thanks for the question. All right, so the next one. Uh, this one is from. I'm going to butcher this name. Ami Chai. Ami Chai. Amakai? Amakai? I would say Amakai. Amakai, okay. Amakai Rotman. He says, hello. He's been following your show for years now. He values your opinion, which is very thankful, which is very nice. Thank you. Uh, he says he's about to open his own PC repair shop, and he'd like to use Floss as much as possible. Any tips on what apps and software to use? Okay, uh, so if you want to use Floss, I would first of all talk to the dentist. <laughs> They got really good suggestions. Okay. Floss in that context is free. Uh, what is it? Free. Well, Floss? <laughs> wow. Where does the L come from? Uh, FOSS, F-O-S-S, is free open source software. So perhaps he means free Linux open source software? Or yeah. Just got the L in there just to throw us for uh, a Thanks, dental man. joke. It worked for the dental joke, <laughs> so I really appreciate that. So thank you. Waiting F-O-S-S, FOSS. It's free open source software. I think that's what he means. Yes. He also, yeah. So he asks, what oh, t- tips on apps? Thank you. Strager in the chat yeah. room. Uh, Sasha, you want to take it? It's, uh, he says it's free or Libre, which is libre. also Libre. Libre. OSS. Mucho Libre. Nacho Libre. Cuba huh. Libre. <laughs> libre, also free. So yeah. it's translated. So floss, nice. And free Joel. slash Libre yes. open source software. Thank he you. also asks how to set up the Linux server, okay. how to, any software out there to manage the tickets to follow up on computers coming in for repair, and yeah. Okay, first of all, congrats on starting your own business. That's an Ooh. exciting venture, and I hope it goes well for you. Yeah. Uh, very cool that you're stepping into open source software as a base for your business. It's going to save you a lot of money. It's going to uh, potentially put you um, in a situation where you are... A little bleeding edge compared to the competitor because a lot of the competitors out there don't really know a lot about Linux. You go to a computer shop and try to get help with a Linux-based system, and and it's it's lacking. Like the the companies these days, a lot of them just, you know, people are fresh out of school and they get a job and they've been taught Windows, and that's what they know. And that or maybe Mac, you know, and you think about the Apple stores and stuff. Being uh, you know with a Linux mindset, companies need Linux support because they need to be able to operate their web servers, their network servers, and they love the idea of virtualization because it saves a ton of cash. 
Bottom line, right? Uh, so for you, in-house, I mean, you're talking about an Ubuntu server. Yeah. So using Linux, uh, the Ubuntu uh, distribution, and really what it would boil down to there is what are you using it for? Why are you going with Ubuntu? Um, it, it, what is it that's drawing you toward that platform? If it was a web server and it was me, uh, I'd be going uh, the pure vanilla Debian route. Um, if it's for um, something like a, if you're looking to create a domain controller, I'd look again at probably Debian vanilla and then set it up with uh, with some virtualization and get some um, turnkey Linux stacks for, for a domain controller and, and setting up LDAP and things like that. So it really depends on what you need the server to do. Is it just a file server? In which case, again, um, you know what, what draws you toward Ubuntu? Now, Ubuntu is an excellent server operating system and an excellent desktop operating system. Uh, why I tend to lean more toward Debian these days is because of, I suppose, the upgrade path. I feel that Debian makes it easier for the business user to um, to go from one distribution to the next. Ubuntu goes with an LTS model, which is long-term support. So you get a distribution that is supported for X number of years, and it's fantastic. But then once you reach the end of life, it's it's complicated and usually breaks things to upgrade to the latest, most current. Right. And sometimes it's, it is really complex and could lead to downtime. With Debian, on the other hand, the, the transition from one version to the next is perfectly seamless and quite often you can go from you can do a full server upgrade and reboot the server and you're done and there's practically no downtime i say that it's minimal like a few hours and you've upgraded your entire server and it's it's nice yeah. that way so do it in the middle of the night when no yeah, one's exactly. going to or you run the updates and then you do a a, a timed shutdown reboot mm -hmm. and tell the server to automatically reboot at three o'clock in the morning yeah uh and and then it does it all fairly seamlessly and as long as it comes up <laughs> <laughs> then you're okay until you wake up in the morning at 10 o'clock and it's not up and that would be bad yes um so i i do i really like debian uh for for that from that end and i use it on my desktop as well i use point linux here for my desktop but what is it that you're doing that's what we need to know yeah and why you're leaning toward Ubuntu, which is fantastic. The community support of Ubuntu is amazing. The commercial support of Ubuntu is second to none with Canonical backing up that operating system, that distribution um, commercially uh, with actual professional support. So if that's what you're looking for, they are the best. So that's Stregger that did mention that he is running a Ubuntu server for his virtual box host mm -hmm. with... Core eight core AMD sixteen gig Beautiful. RAM, and he says he's running it headless. There you go, <laughs> that's the way to go. And then yeah. look at uh, look at our show when we talked about uh, PHP VirtualBox, which turns uh, gives you a, a browser interface so that you can log into your VirtualBox headless server and administer it just like you were sitting at a console. That's pretty cool. Uh, what was the what was the next? Oh, about uh, a uh, CRM. Um, something to manage the computers that are coming in for repair. That's a really big question. That's a loaded yeah. question. And that's what, it's like the bane of every computer <laughs> shop's existence. <laughs> because there are commercial products, and even things like QuickBooks for Windows uh, is doing a fairly decent job of this kind of thing at this point. They've grown into more than just an invoicing package, but also a bit of a customer management and, and work order management system. 
um, because you're looking for open strategies, uh, it's tough because, to be honest with you, I couldn't find something that I was pleased enough with. And so we're, you know, we're working with a platform that we developed ourselves. And now that, you know, we're working in responsive design and, and mobile first, I'm redeveloping the front end and still working with a MySQL back end. Sasha's, l- l- under- yeah, you're, you're loving this. but uh so uh, we build a custom system because there just isn't anything out there that's really great that said um what you might look at the first one that came to mind was open erp which is now odoo um, which is kind of an end-all be-all see if i can bring up their website just so that you have the link and I am mindful that uh, that is time for the news, Sasha. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm gonna that do might have been part of the look. Is that what it is? <laughs> Wait, it's my turn now. It's my turn. Okay. Well, this is questions, Sasha. We've got to put the viewers first. I love right? the viewers. I love the viewers. I'm right. excited she about the news. Phone. Yeah, I know. We joke that she's just she's so antisocial. No, she's actually chatting with the chat. Yeah. Room. The, the easiest way. Okay, so Odoo. Dot com. O-D-O-O. You like purple, do you? Yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> so this is just kind of like, holy cow, it is, it's going to cover a lot of industries. Um, but there are some applications that you can, that you can add to it. Apps. Discover the magic. It's kind of modular. So there are things that you can add to it specifically for um, what you're looking for. I'm not well-versed at Odoo, but OpenERP is a pretty... W- well-respected. Uh, it used to be called OpenERP. That's why I say that. Mm-hmm. Well-respected and, and very well-rounded community-supported system. Yeah. So that's the one I would look at if, if, I, was, if I was going there. Uh, I did find one um, called Project Service. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, GitHub. HTTPS. GitHub.com slash... OCA slash project service. There's the link for you. And this one boasts that it is a project service and management system for Odoo. This is a mod, again, it's a modular system, and this is something that you can add to it. Uh, this one's been in development for some time. You can see some of the files go back three years, and it is in fairly active development. Some of the stuff has been updated just in the past month. So it's uh, that's uh, promising, anyways. But again, nothing that I've found is right ready out of the box. Chat room, if you have suggestions, please post them. And uh, for you, uh, make sure that you check the chat logs for episode number three eighty two, yes. and the chat room suggestions will be in there. Do that, Sasha Dermatis. Are you ready? I I, th- I feel like you're just sitting at the ready. Chomping at the bit. It is Tuesday, January 13th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. From the, why didn't I think of that file? A 9-volt battery that adds Wi-Fi functionality to any smoke alarm. Toyota is releasing nearly 6,000 patents covering hydrogen fuel cell technology. Bluetooth wearables for babies. Think you're good at poker? Try playing against an opponent who cannot lose. That's what Canadian researchers have created. And an extra second on the clock this June may cause problems with computer systems. We'll tell you what to expect in a second. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Introducing Belltone First, a revolutionary new hearing aid. So small you can hardly see it. 
so comfortable you can hardly feel it. For the first time ever, you can control hearing aids directly from your iPhone. Pick up the phone, listen to music, and use your hearing aids like wireless headphones. Hear everything that matters. Try Belltone first. For a free trial, call 1-800-BELLTONE now. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. There's an enormous amount of connected home devices being shown off at CES this year, but one of our favorites is also one of the simplest. The Roost Smart Battery is the size and shape of a normal 9-volt battery, the type that smoke detectors use, but with a built-in Wi-Fi chip that allows it to communicate with your phone. Until now, if your smoke alarm went off when you weren't at home, you'd have no way of knowing unless a kindly or angry neighbor gave you a call. With the Roost battery, you'll get a notification as well as the usual ear-shattering noise from the alarm itself and can turn the alarm off directly from your phone, which means no more climbing up on chairs, desperately trying to pull the cover off while also covering your ears, and hopefully the end of the dangerous practice of taking the battery out of the alarm while you cook. All you great cooks out there. (laughs) (laughs) Not to point any fingers, Robbie, but uh, I hear you burnt the chicken. (laughs) I thought it was the timer. Once the smoke alarm goes off, the food's ready. Um, The really excellent thing about the Roost is that it fits into any existing smoke alarm that takes a 9-volt battery. You don't need a whole new system to use it. That's a real plus for renters who wouldn't be able to install something like the Nest Protect. Ah. Mm-hmm. Which I guess answers my question of whether or not it's actually a 9-volt battery like that could be used for anything and have the connectivity or whether or not specifically for I think this is genius this is smart this is is, like you said one of those things that why didn't I think of that yeah is this patented like this is this better be patented think about otherwise they're gonna get ripoffs left right and center (laughs) (laughs) we got the roost and now we got the bruce Uh, okay, so nine volt battery that um, powers the alarm is lithium, as you mentioned, and mm-hmm. and so it lasts a long time. But yeah. so what happens when a smoke alarm goes off? Yeah, so you it it makes a lot of noise. This is incredible. This is, I mean, the smoke alarm will make a lot of noise. Yeah. Your phone will light up. It'll tell you. You can turn the alarm off with your phone. Right, right. But the battery itself has like an audio sensor. So when oh. the smoke alarm goes off, it says. To the battery, hey, there's there's something really, really loud. It's the smoke alarm. Time to notify the app and connect to the Wi-Fi. And so... This would be really good for alarm systems, like home alarm systems. Well, I'd hope that they would be connected anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, froggy.ca would get you connected. Hook them up. That's true. Hook them up. But you get... (laughs) This this is smart. Yeah. And that's probably why they call it a smart battery and, it's, and i just realized that the best part the part i like the most is that you don't have to get up on a chair to turn the thing off my poor dog is horrified at the smoke alarm. not that i ever set it off <laughs> i was smart and i mounted it right at the kitchen entrance that was wise the toaster is in proximity to that but yeah all right all right more That's about cool. the battery it, oh there's more oh, there's nice. more we are not done with this story <laughs> it uses a lithium ion power rather than the usual alkaline which means as robbie said it'll last five years instead of a typical nine volt battery's one year lifespan 
The app is available on iOS and Android, and the Roost battery is available to pre-order worldwide for about $40 or £26, depending on how many you order. My guess is the more you order, the less it'll cost per unit. And it will be delivered in the second quarter of this year. So affordable, smart. I like it. Next story is the car maker Toyota has announced that it will freely share almost 6,000 patents it owns covering hydrogen fuel cell technology. Sharing is caring. It said it took the step in a bid to drive development of cars that use the alternative fuel source. The announcement was made soon after it showed off its Mirai hydrogen-driven car in Las Vegas. The patents will be made available free of charge to anyone wanting to use them. The patent portfolio covers fuel cell stacks, high-pressure hydrogen tanks, software control systems, and the industrial processes involved in generating and supplying the gas. Bob Carter, Senior Vice President of Automotive Operations at Toyota, said, When good ideas are shared, great things can happen. He added that the first generation of hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, which are expected to be launched over the next five years, would require unconventional collaboration among car makers, governments, power firms, and researchers. Toyota's move follows that of Tesla Motors, which shared its patent portfolio in 2014. Way to go, Toyota. Like, I really like the idea of technology advancing and being open to so many different ideas. Collaborative. I think that's the key word. Collaborative engineering. See how she finishes... We we work well together. <laughs> I think that that's what's going to dr- that uh, I love drive that. drive intended. <laughs> 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 that's going to drive. drive the innovation because what would have happened had gasoline powered engines been patented when wow. automobiles were invented? Well, who who gets to develop the cars? Mm-hmm. That one company. So it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes technology should not be patented, or at least should be openly available as far as the patents go. Yeah, because if like if it was just Ford who was making cars, it'd be a hu- this huge monopoly, and oh, no it'd one just be falling apart. Everywhere. There'd be all of these cars all over <laughs> all the road. road. <laughs> they would all only be Ford, and they would be crappy because there's no other car companies. Car cars are pa- are patented. No Audi. What? No Volkswagens. That's no Toyotas. Oh, no. Come on. What a world. What a world. I'm really happy to see that the technology is advancing away from gasoline-powered cars. Yes. True that. So, way to go, Toyota. that. And Tesla. <laughs> All right. Here's a great story. A baby's cries may no longer be a parent's first clue that something is wrong. Bluetooth and wireless-equipped pacifiers, patches, and bottles were on show at CES. The futuristic parenting aids will fit in mom and dad's pocket. Want to monitor the temperature of a sick child? Just fasten the temp track, a flexible patch that works as a digital thermometer. For 24 hours, the patch will send temperature updates to any smartphone, yours, grandma's, or the babysitter's, connected to an accompanying app. If the child surpasses the preset fever level, the app will send an alert. Matt Ream, the company's vice president of marketing said in the middle of the night if your child's temperature is spiking it can alert you to that that's just one of many new or improved baby wearable technology showcased at the consumer electronics show in las vegas robbie hi questions comments thoughts concerns did you well first of all did you say new improved sarcastically (laughs) (laughs) okay 
let's just take this back like a few billion years. I don't know when mammals first became, you know. But I, I just how, how, how do we go why, into this? Why is it that now we need help? Figuring out when our babies are sick. I am sorry. I think that this is ridiculous. Okay, well, I love the technology. This, this is a technology show, Sasha. I have fun with the technology. technology I show. love the technology in a, like in a in a setting like a hospital. But when you're already well, baby, or if and a child that's critically ill, but there's no need to send parents into a panic about the fact that their child might spike a fever in the middle of the night. Okay. I just don't like sl- this. Just slap a cancer-causing <laughs> patch onto it. I just... Okay. It. I'm going I'm to show you something. People at home, just in case you're thinking this is a good idea. <laughs> Healthy. Yay! No fever. She's good to go. Okay, and here is the other thing. This yeah. is the... Uh, sometimes I have, like, a little dark side thought. All right. And so... Your baby gets sick and you don't have one of these patches, the fever patches, on its pacifier and you bring it to the hospital and they give you the rundown because you're an unfit parent because you haven't been tracking this <laughs> child. Haven't been, haven't All of a using, sudden you've been, been a negligent the app parent that tracks because its temperature, your, your child, wraps it. Yeah, your child isn't plugged in. <laughs> I just... What about, what about those parents who don't want their kids to have a pacifier or the parents who want... True. Or the kid who doesn't want to pass a fire. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to probably have diapers that have, like, digital readings on whether or not you're <laughs> getting the accurate nutrition. Okay, and there's a problem with that because somebody out there is patenting that and thinking that's a great idea. No. You know, oh, look, the baby's wet. I got to go change it. Yeah, and the baby got enough liquid today. But how, how impersonal is that as far as parenting goes? And I don't want to get into a parenting rant on a technology show because the technology is great. <laughs> But seriously, I, I fear that this is the this is what it's kind of coming to. You see, when you go to the park, the parents sitting there looking at their phone instead of their kid, and the kid saying, "Daddy, Daddy, look at me! Look at what I can do! Look at what I can. Uh, huh? Huh? you know." What? And, and they won't even go into the bedroom to check your temperature anymore. You know what's funny? That dad probably has a camera strapped onto that child. So instead of watching what the child can do, he's probably watching on his phone through some <laughs> camera enabled. <laughs> <laughs> I can see I what you to... see, son. <laughs> oh, dear. I man. do not like this. I not, am not one for little it. bit. Okay. <laughs> on to much better gambling. <laughs> a team of researchers from the University of Alberta, Canada have claimed they have solved the simplest form of poker with the creation of an algorithm that could make sure they could not lose. The researchers do not claim they have created a constant winning formula, only that the computer program performs moves designed not to allow it to lose, a strategy the researchers claim is closer to a break-even version of the game. So... Now you can't play poker against me because I'm from Canada. Publishing, <laughs> publishing their research in the popular science journal, the researchers claim the poker playing community could rethink some unpopular strategies they have proven and create a higher winning percentage. Not all the revelations uncovered by the creation of the Cepheus algorithm were shocking. With the research team proving the dealer does hold an advantage over all other players. 
The research team believes this is the first time a computer has been developed that is capable of playing a perfect game in an imperfect environment. Problems for the pro program include not knowing which cards an opponent holds. I'd like to say a problem with any poker game is if you know what the other <laughs> cards are, you're cheating. <laughs> the research team has placed the algorithm online for the public to challenge and play against. <laughs> <laughs> On <laughs> poker.com? Like, <laughs> exactly. Don't play this guy. He will rip you off of all your money. <laughs> Following the rules laid out by Cepheus should lead to no player losing until another makes a mistake that they can capitalize upon wow so yeah you just can't lose so why play i would be afraid what? hearing this news of somebody using this kind of technology to uh, win. to win online yeah right. now don't well, worry because you? they are canadian so they're honest and trustworthy well <laughs> could never quite tell. Yeah, never quite tell. They are from Alberta. Yeah. No kidding, Colleen. Alberta, no. <laughs> oh, what, is, is that a Colleen job? <laughs> okay. Um, give me a second here for this next story. June 30th will be a second longer than any other day this year. A leap second needs to be added in 2015 to make sure the time on atomic clock stays in sync with the Earth's rotational time. But some internet companies are dreading the day. Earth's rotation has been slowing down by about two thousandths of a second every day. But atomic clocks, which are now accurate up to quadrillionths of a second, don't change pace. While this situation isn't an immediate problem, it would eventually cause clocks to become so out of sync with the Earth's rotation that they would read noon during the dead of night. Um, in billions of years, that would be true. The solution, <laughs> the solution that the International Earth Rotation Service, or IERS, came up with is to add a second every now and then to keep the standard atomic time in sync with the Earth's time. This year, the extra second is scheduled for the midway point in the year at 11.59.59 p.m. Coordinated Universal Time on June 30th. If you are born June 30th, your birthday is extra special this year. This will be the 26th leap second added to a calendar year since the practice began in 1972. In the past, the extra second has messed up with computer systems. The last leap second was added in 2012, and it caused big problems for companies like Reddit, LinkedIn, Gizmodo, and Foursquare. So to explain that problem, it's during the leap second, the computer clock shows 60 seconds instead of simply rolling over to the next minute or shows the 59th second twice. The computer sees a leap second as time going backward. The machine registers this as a system error and the CPU can overload. There are subtle irregularities. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there are subtle irregularities in the Earth's orbit from year to year on the millisecond level. Every few years, some fine tuning is needed, and a leap second is added in June or December. This is why June 30th this year will have 86,401 seconds instead of 86,400. Please let me know if your birthday is June 30th. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I just don't know how important it is, to be honest. Robbie? Uh, well, Streger, for example, in the chat room, make, making mention that it's not just the computer and internet companies, but, but also satellite communications could be affected. Uh, people are concerned about possibly airplanes 
being affected by this? Because if the computer thinks, oh, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Because there's really, it only happens, it's happened, what, 20-something times yeah. in all of time? Yes. Well, what, why not just let it ride? It's it's really not that big a deal, in my opinion. Because <laughs> Do you think it's going to take a billion I years before it's I think it's going to take a really long time before noon is in the middle of the night. And Sasha? truth be told, yeah. well, as we all know, time boggles my mind anyway, okay. but... <laughs> Tr- <laughs> what time is it in Bermuda? Like, is it like March 10th? <laughs> the Earth is slowing down right now, but who's to say it's not going to speed up later or we're just going to have to add seconds on or subtract seconds or, you know. It's just, it's it's just taking a rest. We're As Dreamweaver909 is saying in the chat room, it's just the Earth is getting tired. Yeah. When I'm tired, I want somebody to just give me a couple extra seconds in the day so that I can just take it a little slow. Right. But, um... I, I just yeah. I have a question. Oh, you do. Okay. How does the Earth slow down? It. Here's my answer know. to this. Because it, it's I, global I, warming, <laughs> people. It's global warming. The Earth probably is not really slowing down. We've only been tracking the Earth for a while, yeah. right? So it probably goes through this all the time. It's probably just you know it just goes slower sometimes and faster other Does times. Does Sasha have a theory? Let it ride. Well, it, <laughs> oh, sometimes it goes faster. Sometimes it goes slower. Just give it a pacifier with a little. Because we're moving through the galaxy, right? And so the magnetic poles of different planets against our planet are going to affect the rotational speed of the Earth. But you know what's going to happen if they don't add this millisecond? It's the same thing that happens because I I made fun of global warming a little bit. But the fact is when, you know, it's a little bit warmer this year than it was last year. And so everybody thinks, oh, well, there's this big crisis going on. And, you know, well, how long have we really been tracking it? The same stuff going on for for years. Well, if they didn't add the leap second, would it be five years from now people saying, how come it's getting bright 15 minutes earlier? (gasps) Or this or that, or you know, something's different. I know. This and really, it boils down to our mathematical genius as a human race right. that we can't really get it precise. So we have to add a little bit here, like the leap year, every four years to accommodate 365.24 days per year. We have to add a day because the mathematics are off. I think so. Why don't we just add two days every, you know, like. 20 years or something after all these seconds add up. I just, I really... <laughs> because then we would never have a white Christmas. It boils down to having a white Dang Christmas. It, to only those in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Okay. Um, for all uh, for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. <laughs> Well, I didn't think some moon is floating away. <laughs> I think it Thanks, might Sasha. be Planet X. What if Planet X is just, you know, disrupting our rotation a bit? And it, it'll Dang go it, away. Dang it, Dang it. Oh. Anyway, I was really excited to say that in the news. I'm happy it happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was now back to business. Yes. Next viewer question. This is probably one of the... One of the Your show's <laughs> over. Now we're going to do mine. <laughs> this is probably one of the shortest questions I have ever seen. <laughs> Easiest way of wiping SSD drive clean. <laughs> Turn your clock back one right. second. Alan. Is that Alan? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Thanks, thanks for popping this message. It's a valid question. Yeah. How do you wipe... How do you secure wipe 
a uh, an SSD because it's we we know the Derek Derek's boot and nuke is not safe to use on a solid state hard drive. You want to use something that is not going to damage your drive because a solid state hard drive operates much much differently than a spinning drive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's it's transistors. So those transistors physically, you know, at, at the nano scale are. Uh, are changing between a zero and a one, or the transistor is off or on the switch. Um, so to re- to actually physically reset the data on the drive, so that somebody else couldn't read it through data recovery, or so that uh, you know if you if you're having trouble with trim and the performance of your drive is degraded and you need to reset it back to factory defaults, all zeros or something. Um, the only way to do that is to run through sector by sector and set data on each sector, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I know. I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, okay, DBAN is out. We know that. Um, the best one for it, as far as um, anyone that I've talked to has said, because it is sometimes necessary to do this, um, there's a, uh, a program that is available for you. Uh, it's based on uh, GD Part Ed and all those, but uh, Part Ed Magic is a boot CD, and I believe we may have brought it up on the show before. But the problem with it now, I'm starting with this because I want to give you a solution. Now I know that you're looking for probably something uh, either free, open source, or available for you free. PartEdMagic.com, just like it sounds. The problem with it, if if you want to call it a problem, is that it is a commercial product now. Okay. I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but it does have disk erasing with secure wiping, and it is safe for SSDs. Uh, it sets everything to a one, so as opposed to doing a full um, sector by sector wipe, it sets everything to to one. So, as far as in computer terms goes, that's an effective, uh, safe, secure erase. If we download, <clears throat> ten bucks right now. Download the current version, so that's that's pretty decent. I mean, so really, what it boils down to is: do you want to pay a little bit and have a program that does it all for you, and you don't really have to do anything? Pretty easy. Um, Sometimes I think time and effort is money, but then there are other times when uh, when I think I'd rather learn, I'd rather do something myself. Sometimes at the risk of uh, of failing, and and even sometimes. Um, causing damage or something like that. What you want to make sure of is, of course, that you've got a backup. I know that you've right. got a backup of the drive because you're not going to secure wipe something that you don't have a backup of. Um, so that's your commercial option. Starts at ten dollars. There's a, a second option with support and everything for fifty dollars. But so ten bucks will get you the software called Part Ed Magic from PartEdMagic.com. I'll give you that on, on screen just for those of you who maybe. Aren't too sure how to spell it. Partedmagic.com. Or if you wanted parted magic. Parted. 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 It stands parted. for partition editor. Um, next uh, thing for you to do would be to actually do it manually a little bit with HD Parm uh, on Linux. So if you're running Linux, you can get into your terminal and do that. What I've done is I've uh, I've got a, a link for you. Cat5.tv/ssdwipe. And this is a... Uh, Bobby does it all for you. Yeah, this is a post that I found for you, cat5.tv slash ssdwipe. That's going to take you over to this Tech Gauge article that talks specifically about the options 
Oh, and it looks like they actually are going to talk. There's uh, part Ed Magic too. To or no, there's your UEFI, UEFI BIOS, and then part Ed Magic. So that tells you how to do it with part Ed Magic. Now here's number two: command line using HTTP Parm. Um, this will help you to be able to um, do what you're looking to do. A safe, uh, secure erase or security erase, as HTTP Parm calls the option. Just watch. I noticed that um, it looks like they're. Um, content management system or whatever it is that they're using for this site is converting um, dash dash to an m dash so that is incorrect so hdparm dash dash security dash erase is the correct thing so watch out for that this is dash l not dash dash so just watch out for that one right there is a is not an m dash it's not a dash it is a dash 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 yeah dash dash not the M dash. Not an M dash. Okay. <laughs> what happens when you type something into WordPress and you don't use a code, Dang it. you know, a, a crayon code or something like that to, to display it for you? Yeah. I can't believe we're out of time. I hope that you've enjoyed the show. I hope that you've learned a little something. I did not even see how that happened. I didn't. Did we get through all our questions? No. No. And I didn't even get to our feature. Um, so this is how this is how we're going to do it. So um, glad we were able to answer some of your questions. Please keep them coming live at Category5.tv. Uh, check out our website as well, Category5.tv. There it is for you. And uh, head on over to that site. You can submit your question off of that site as well. We love to receive it. Yes. We love Send to your questions. Do our best we need to, more. To answer it. Yeah, we need more. Come on. What are we going to do next week other than what we had planned to do this week, yeah. for example? But we'll, uh, we'll bump our PHP tutorial off week and we'll look forward to that um hillary rumble will be here next week um and we may we may actually have to move things uh back two weeks because uh we have a special guest Cal- kelly lasseline is going to be here talking about her product memories of me um, so don't miss it on that show hosted by hillary rumble and uh, i look forward to seeing you next week take care everybody see you sasha bye we hope you enjoyed the show Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.